It is a football Friday, week eight edition. Hollywood Brown faces his former team for the first time. Welcome, Bird Gang, on today's show. Zach Gershman joins me. So we have the Hollywood story, the Kyler Murray story. Will he or won't he play? Plus, we head into enemy territory and speak with Clifton Brown, staff writer for BaltimoreRavens.com. It's Cardinals Cover 2, episode 691, and it starts now. Welcome to Cardinals Cover 2. Buda Baker, one heart, one threat. This guy's unbelievable. Cardinals Cover 2 is presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals, and by Arizona Cardinals Podcasts. Visit azcardinals.com slash podcasts. He's at the 10, half the 5. He's in again. Some more Murray magic. Wow. Here's Craig Grealoux. Going to begin this football Friday with a wellness check. How you doing, Zach? Hi, Craig. <laughs> I'm good. How are you? Well, I'm doing great. And the fact that you're still here is a good sign because we like you so much, respect Stop. your work so much. So I'm blushing. Just want to make sure that everything is good since, what was it, Tuesday evening at about, what was it, sometime in the 8 o'clock hour? Yeah, okay. something happened. <laughs> I I will, you know, I, I appreciate all the Cardinals fans um, coming to my mentions and <laughs> letting me know that, just a friendly reminder, obviously we're such a friendly fan base that they just want to remind me that my Phillies lost. Completely okay. I understand. Listen, you you got if you dish it, you got to be able to take it. And I'm I'm taking this one right on the chin. Uh, but I will say this: Am I embracing the chaos? Questionable. Oh, I'm wait embracing a the I'm embracing the chaos more than whatever the Rangers slogan is. But I, I can't fully like go away from like the fills. Like I'm still grieving right now. But I hope. Listen, there's no if there is another team in the World Series, <laughs> I'm. Really happy it's the Diamondbacks because otherwise they would have just been miserable. So you don't subscribe to the thinking, and some people believe. All right, if my team doesn't make it and they get beat, now I'm rooting for that team because then you can say, well, we didn't win it, but the Diamondbacks win the World Series and we lost to them, so that makes us feel better. I hope that the okay. Diamondbacks <laughs> win it, and I hope that there's a parade and we're allowed off work so that we could go to this parade. <laughs> I just can't fully say I'm embracing the chaos. It's it's still only been three days okay. or so. I'm I feel like I'm cheating on the fills. Stages of grief. You're still early stages. I'm still in the denial okay. stage. How did this happen? <laughs> How did Bryce Harper and Trey Turner go over seven in Game Seven? Beyond me. Fair enough. I'll give you credit. You walked in Wednesday morning and you were ready. You did not call in sick smile on or my work face. from home you are all good and yes we are here rooting for the Arizona Diamondbacks 100%. game one on Friday the Diamondbacks will host the Texas Rangers games three four and if necessary on Wednesday game five so yes everyone with the Arizona Cardinals supporting our friends down the street so we wish them well as Jonathan Gannon did earlier on Friday. So, with that being said, let's talk about what the Cardinals have going for them this week, and that is a home game against the Baltimore Ravens. 125 is the kickoff. 8.30 pregame coverage begins on the Arizona Cardinals radio network. A little bit later on here on Cardinals Cover 2, presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. Had a chance to speak with Clifton Brown, staff writer for BaltimoreRavens.com. We'll get his perspective on the Ravens, who come in with a record of 5-2. and two. But that's kind of secondary. 
the news of the week has been focused on one player. In fact, he wears number one, and that is Kyler Murray. Full participants on Friday, no injury designation on Thursday. As we speak here, practice has yet to happen, and head coach Jonathan Gannon was not quite so forthcoming when it came to what was going to be the story Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Is Kyler Murray going to play? We do not know that, mm-hmm. and we will not, regardless of what happens on Friday. You write the injury report, Zach, every single week. Whatever you write, Kyler Murray's out. Well, then that answers the question. But if he is listed as doubtful, questionable, probable, whatever it is, we are not going to know for certain until Saturday afternoon because that is when the Cardinals, no later than I believe it's 1 o'clock on Saturday, Mm -hmm. the Cardinals, in order for Kyler Murray to play, has to be added to the active roster on Saturday and there would have to be a corresponding roster move because as we speak, again, Cardinals have a full 53-man roster. Yeah, bringing in Bobby Price, activating him from the practice squad to the active roster, took up that final 53rd spot on the roster. Thank you for plugging the injury report because I think that that's something people definitely have to keep an eye out on Friday because of what could potentially be on the line here. There's definitely some gamesmanship on the line here. Obviously, I don't think Jonathan Gannon is going to be giving the Baltimore Ravens any sort of inkling as to what's going to be going on until the very last possible moment. He has to let them know and let the entire league know what the decision is with Kyler Murray. But if he does not receive any designation today, he has to be active come Sunday and activated to the 53-man roster. So huge. A lot of stuff going on here, obviously. I think, though, although JG was not as forthcoming as we would like and he wasn't as elaborate, I think he said a lot of things that did stand out. I asked him what went into the decision to not put a designation on Thursday. Quote, he's fully healthy. Somebody else asked him about, is it the mental side of it? And he said, the mental side has been excellent. Obviously, he's not going to say, oh, Kyler's struggling. (laughs) That's true. But those are definitely things to, to keep an eye out for because I know Danny's been very high on Baltimore being the week that Kyler comes back and Kyler's been very eager to get back onto the field. How he practices on Friday And what Saturday looks like is definitely going to be indicative of what Sunday will become. JG was peppered with a number of different questions trying to figure out. We're trying to diagnose and predict what's going to happen. Everyone wants to know about Kyler Murray's status. There was, though, one question in which Gannon did elaborate a little bit more when he was asked what he's seen from Murray in practice. Here's a pitch and a fly ball right field going over as Corbin Carroll. He's under it. He's got it, and the 2023 Arizona Diamondbacks are headed to the World Series for the second time. They have upset the Philadelphia Phillies at Citizens Bank Park, and they beat the Phillies four games to three, and the celebration is on the field for the Diamondbacks. I thought we were supposed to be teammates here. (laughs) What was that? Bird Gang, if you could only have seen the look, the reaction the facial expression on our good friend Zach Gershman's face, mouth wide open. He's thinking, okay, I'm going to hear from Jonathan Gannon. Instead, he hears from Greg Schulte, longtime voice of the Arizona Diamondbacks. Special thanks to our neighbors, our friends, Arizona Sports 98.7 FM, flagship station for the Diamondbacks and also the flagship station for us, the Arizona Cardinals. 
See, like I, I, you know, it's not like we have like a script or anything like that. We're just going with the flow. It's, of course, you know, it's it's two buds talking about some football. Yes. Obviously, for you to do that to me, Craig, <laughs> Cody Fincher behind there, I am so hurt right now. See, I knew, I expected something was going to come of this, but once you decide to just like, all right, let's go start talking about football. Normally, Craig, that's our cue. That's our cr- that's our cue. Now I'm heartbroken. Heartbroken. It- Heartbroken, confused. What is Kyler doing? <laughs> Why is there a Diamondbacks call? Why don't people like me here? No, no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm if kidding. we didn't like you, as they say, if you get teased, if you get yelled at at least one, they like you and they're paying attention. It's when you get ignored, that's when there's problems. See, I wish when that was happening to me in middle school, I could throw <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Okay. We had some fun here on Cardinals Cover 2, presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. By the way, your reaction was just priceless. I should have been videotaping it, but I did not. So See, I looked me. at the camera that we have for, for, for Underground thinking like, okay, maybe it's on. Maybe I really am getting pranked. And now I'm like, oh, I'm in a hoodie. How is an, how's an East Coast kid in a hoodie when it's 80 degrees outside? I'm like, I'm getting exposed in every category. Well, maybe even the next time you get pranked, we'll have make sure the cameras are rolling. Okay. At least we know there's a next time. All right. In all seriousness, Gannon did elaborate on Kyler Murray. Talked about how the ball is jumping off his hands. Got good command of the offense. Like how he's look explosive out of the pocket. But again, that's what we see or what we don't see. And we have to rely on everyone else because during the open portion of practice, we are getting very limited views of what Kyler Murray is doing. Yes, he's throwing the football, but it's to practice squad tight ends and wide receivers. He's taking shotgun snaps. He's under center, but he's taking those snaps from a center not named Yelda Froholt. So what do we know about Kyler Murray? Well, we just have to go by what the head coach says, Mm -hmm. Kyler's teammates. And again, we're, we're in the dark, and we'll be in the dark until, again, Saturday afternoon. And if Kyler is not activated, then all right, we're doing this all over next week. And we likely won't even be able to speak to Kyler until he does play that that first game back. And I think a lot of questions will be answered after that point. With that being said, though, it the the coaching staff, they're not giving away any secrets, as we previously have mentioned. But they are speaking very highly of his return back to the field. There, Izzy Wolfork talked about how you know it's been he's been practicing against the ones. So he's been getting those reps and parts of practices that we can't see as members of the media. So while... You know, Blake Whitehart and Bernard Tykovitz are getting a lot of reps from Kyler Murray. I think that there's a lot of stuff going on in the practice portions that are closed where Hollywood Brown, Michael Wilson, Trey McBride, all those targets are starting to feel that connection and build that chemistry with Kyler Murray. But we'll see. It's going to be very different once everyone says there's a big difference, a big jump between practicing and playing. Obviously, Kyler has the experience of playing, but it has been almost 11 months already. So not quite certain about Kyler Murray. But I do have a good feeling that we will get the return of Jalen Thompson this week. He's missed the past couple of weeks with a hamstring issue. He has been on the practice field this week. We've also seen Antonio Hamilton on the practice field this week. He did not play last week because of a groin injury that he suffered against the Rams. So if that is the case, if you do have JT back and Antonio back, then you have your secondary almost set. We still quite know, don't quite know what's going on as far as you know that cornerback opposite Antonio, excuse me, opposite Marco Wilson. But Starling Thomas held his own last week. Garrett Williams playing the slot played well. So now you've got Buda Baker, Jalen Thompson, Garrett Williams, Marco Wilson, Starling Thomas, 
and Antonio Hamilton. There's six DBs right there, and some combination of five. Maybe they do play a little bit more dime. But now you have everyone fully healthy for the first time since, I think, week one. Mm-hmm. I mean, that, that's what I was about to say. Besides those guys on the defensive line, everybody else is basically – you know, back with with JT if he does get activated and with uh, or if he does play in the game and, and same with Antonio Hamilton. Thought Starling Thomas did very well though, holding his own out there in Seattle. He, he did a great job with that first career start going out there. Obviously, you question why Keytrail Clark was not out there as much considering the start of the season that he did have. But Starling Thomas, I think, did really well. There were a lot of high high praises about him when he was with the Detroit Lions. A lot of their fan base was upset. When they cut him before the 53-man roster, the Cardinals wanted to play one of the teams that was awarded the waiver claims on Starling Thomas. So he's come in, but to have both your safeties back there if JT does play is huge, knowing that you have that support. Kaiser White said he knows that if he were to miss a tackle, he knows he's got Buddha behind him. Well, knowing you have Buddha and JT definitely adds to the comfort a little bit, but you can't allow yourself to get to get complacent as the Cardinals have in previous weeks because you know that your stars are back. Everybody's still got to be acclimated into their role and start ramping it up a little bit. Cardinals and Ravens on Sunday at 125. 8.30 pregame coverage begins on the Arizona Cardinals radio network. Right now, though, let's hear from the Ravens side of this matchup. Again, as I mentioned, Clifton Brown, staff writer for BaltimoreRavens.com. Our conversation earlier in the week began Talking about this Ravens offense overall, it is a very good offense led by Lamar Jackson, but specifically the impact new offensive coordinator Todd Munkin has had in his first year. Well, I definitely think uh, Todd's opened up the passing game. Uh, Obviously, they brought in Odell Beckham Jr., Dave Flowers, uh, Nelson Aguilar, so they did a lot to upgrade that position, but... Also, Munkin's influence, I think, has been they are throwing the ball a little bit more. Lamar is doing a really good job spreading it around. And Munkin has given him the freedom to change plays at the line of scrimmage. And Lamar is doing a really good job with that. He's been really accurate with his passing. So, yeah, I mean, so far, it's been a little inconsistent. But obviously, last week against the Lions was their best performance of the season. Yeah, 38 to 6, the Ravens ninth best offense, number 10 in scoring overall and you bring up Lamar Jackson named on Wednesday the AFC offensive player of the week for his performance against the Lions. He was impressive. He's been impressive. What's been the most impressive part for you about his game this season? Well, I think his pocket presence really uh you know, he's really extending plays but staying looking downfield, and as I mentioned earlier, he's also changing plays at the line of scrimmage. So, yeah, I think that he loves having more freedom. I think this is the kind of situation he always wanted, and now that he has it, he's taking full advantage of it. Compared to his 2019 MVP season, what's been the biggest difference, at least through these first seven games? I think uh, he definitely – I think that he's seeing, you know, the field as well as he ever has, although he's always seen the field well. I think he's throwing the ball as accurately as he ever has. I think that he's been knocked kind of unfairly for his arm talent or lack of it, but Lamar can make any kind of throw. And this offense is giving him 
freedom to do that. And the wide receiver is doing a good job of getting open. He's always had a good rapport with Mark Andrews at tight end. But now with these wide receivers, that's just opened up a whole new element. Is it a surprise that one of those wide receivers is a rookie in Zay Flowers? I think you can't really expect a rookie to play quite as well as they had. So, yes, but they knew he had talent. That's why they drafted him in the first round. They knew he was a guy who could run after the catch. He's been doing that. And he's impressed them with how quickly he has picked up the offense. So, yeah, I think that Zay has been everything they've wanted and more. I think he's could be a true number one receiver in the NFL, and he's definitely been their best receiver so far this year. The other pass catcher that you mentioned tied in Mark Andrews, obviously the local connection here from Scottsdale Desert Mountain High School, and all he has done is he continues to impress five receiving touchdowns this season, two last week against the Lions. Is he more effective under Todd Munkin than we've seen him perhaps before? I just think Mark is Mark. Uh, he's a he's a great player, been a pro bowler three times. Um, he can play in any offense, and the chemistry that he and Lamar have really, you know, similar to Mahomes and Kelsey on Kansas City, they kind of know what each other's going to do. And when they start at living plays, they're even more dangerous than when they do it on script. With all of the weapons that Lamar Jackson does have at his disposal, we can't forget about the running game and what Gus Edwards has done, not only running the ball but also in the passing game as well. How would you suggest teams like the Cardinals this week try and slow down the Ravens' offense? Well, I think like any offense, you know, if you can stop the running game and make them one-dimensional, that helps and get pressure on Lamar. Uh, the problem is the Ravens are still a good running team. Maybe not as dynamic as they were when Greg Rome was the offensive coordinator, but they still run the ball well. And then, as we mentioned before, even when you pressure Lamar, he has the ability to escape. So they're a tough assignment, but I do think you want to start with taking the running game away and then taking away Mark Andrews if you can that's been the one thing that I think has the attention of a lot of Cardinals defenders is Lamar Jackson and the ability to extend plays, and then if it's not there, he can take off and run. Is better than five yards, a carry. When teams have slowed him down, is it beginning as far as making sure that you keep him contained in the pocket? Yeah, that helps. And, you know, he's fumbled. Well, the Rams have lost seven fumbles, so that's one thing they haven't done well. Uh, he's had some balls strip sack in the pocket. So, again, the pass rush affects any quarterback. So if the Cardinals can figure out a way to get some pressure on him and can maybe get some turnovers, that's one way they can pull off the upset. Speaking here on Cardinals Cover 2 with Clifton Brown, staff writer for BaltimoreRavens.com. All right, let's switch it up because not only are the Ravens good on offense, they're very good and maybe even better on defense Number one scoring defense, Jared Goff was rendered ineffective, sacked five times last week. But the addition of Roquan Smith, that's where I want to begin this conversation. Mid-season a year ago, so now he's had a full offseason and now beginning his first full year. How much has his presence lifted up the play of everyone else? 
a lot. I mean, he was a major acquisition. I think the Ravens knew they were getting a great player, but his impact as a leader, his impact on Patrick Queen as a linebacker beside him, together they may be the best inside linebacker duo in the NFL. And, yeah, Roquan, he's become the leader of the defense. And, yeah, immediately when he got to Baltimore, the defense took a step up. And the Ravens, feel they can be the best defense in the NFL. And they are very close to being exactly that. Well, so far only a league low, seven touchdowns allowed, but it's the it's the pressure on the quarterback because I think, Clifton, you guys have the best of both worlds. Not only do you lead the league in sacks, but you are near the bottom in blitz rates, which obviously allows what they want to do on defense. That's dropping either seven or eight back into coverage. Yeah, a lot of people thought the pass rush was going to be an issue for the Ravens this year, especially after not re-signing Justin Houston or Calais Campbell, but it hasn't been. It's been a strength. Um, Davian Clowney has really come in, given a lift, as has Kyle Van Noy. And now, yeah, I mean, Mike McDonald, the defensive coordinator, he can scheme up a lot of blitzes, whether it's with Queen, Roquan, Kyle Hamilton. They've got 11 different guys with at least one sack, so it's coming from everywhere. So, in other words, there's no one the Cardinals should be particularly paying attention to. Uh, I would say everybody. <laughs> That's who it should be. I know at least here the news earlier in the week, Kyler Murray is a full participant in practice. What does that mean? Who knows? But how are the Ravens preparing for the Cardinals and perhaps maybe they see K1 on the field this week? I mean, I'm sure they'll prepare for both. Um, they're familiar with Murray. Obviously, he's a great talent. I think it's, you know, be a hard assignment for him, having not played all year, his first assignment being the Ravens. But they'll prepare for both. And so I don't think it's like they have to alter, alter their game plan defensively a lot, depending upon which quarterback plays. The other storyline here is Hollywood Brown facing his former team for the first time. It's not in Baltimore, but a lot of familiar faces that he'll see across the line of scrimmage. Is that a big deal, or is it more of a bigger deal for Hollywood than it is for John Harbaugh and everyone else? I think it's a bigger deal for Hollywood. I'm sure he'll be emotional for this game. Uh, you know, he's got still got friends on the team. Um, and, yeah, from the Ravens' perspective – they want to make sure he doesn't make big plays. I mean, they know Hollywood is the guy at, at any time to take it to the house. So that'll be a big part of their game plan. They're trying to keep Hollywood from making that big play that can change the momentum of the game. Why do you think things didn't quite work out for him in Baltimore? That's a good question. I mean, I think the biggest thing was his, you know, his contract was coming up. In the offense, the Ravens run, he didn't think he would put up the numbers that maybe he could elsewhere. So I think that was the biggest reason why he wanted to change the scenery. Clifton Brown, staff writer, Raven, BaltimoreRavens.com. Appreciate the time, one, and then obviously appreciate the insight as well and uh, look forward to seeing you guys come out here on Sunday. I'm looking forward to making the trip, so 
Thanks for having me and looking forward to the game on Sunday. Appreciate Clifton joining us here on Cardinals Cover 2 presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. If you want to know more about what the Ravens are thinking about the Cardinals, again, BaltimoreRavens.com. But as I bring Zach back into this conversation, it is week eight and yeah, Lamar Jackson is going to be a handful. In fact, this stat, I think, really jumped off the page when I read it this week. Not only is he the AFC Offensive Player of the Week and what he has done this season, reminiscent of what he did back in 2019 when he won the MVP, but Jackson against the NFC. He is 16-1 and against the NFC. Now, this is an AFC opponent. You don't play him a lot, but mm-hmm. 17 games, and he's won 16 it's of them? full season. Yeah, just, you're basically have gone almost undefeated against the other conference. Who, who did they lose to? That's a good question. As I thinking about it, I should have looked that up. I did not, so I apologize. It's okay, I'll, I'll, we'll, we'll let that hang. We'll let the, <laughs> the next week's edition. Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean that's that's so it's so fascinating. Lamar Jackson is one of those quarterbacks that you everyone's been asking the coaching staff, how do you prepare to stop a guy like that? And the fact of the matter is. You don't stop a guy like that, but you have to try to limit a guy like that. Lamar Jackson could hurt you in so many different ways through all of his different throwing motions and then the ability to use his mobility to get out of the pocket and scramble. He's one of the best in the league to do it. I put him and a healthy Kyler Murray right up there as being two of the best running quarterbacks in the NFL. So I, I'm not, I'm not, I'm surprised by how many wins he does have. 16-1 is a ridiculous record. Doesn't surprise me that they're turning it into wins so far this season, five and two. They've done a really good job. They they pounced on the Lions last week. So they're they have that momentum. They've won three of their last four. They're looking to build off of it. It was thirty five nothing last week. In fact, I believe the Ravens scored twenty one straight points without even the Lions getting a first down. Mm-hmm. It was that much of a dominant performance on both sides of the ball. But this Ravens offense specifically, number ten in scoring, Jackson last week, three hundred and fifty seven passing yards, four total touchdowns, three through the air. 503 total yards against the Lions. They averaged the Ravens almost a first down a play, 9.1 yards a play. They were staring at second and one. Again, that's on average, Mm -hmm. basically the entire ball game. So, yes, this is going to be a challenge for the Cardinals on defense. But, again, it's something that we've seen before. Go back to the Cowboys game or the 49ers game. Cardinals have faced these uphill battles in the past. The good news is, one, they beat the Cowboys at home, lost to the 49ers on the road. But to your point, it's not stopping Lamar Jackson. It's making sure that if you're going to lose, well, make sure he doesn't become the AFC Offensive Player of the Week for the second straight week. Yeah, and it's it's something like like Jamar Chase, he earned those, he earned those accolades. Christian McCaffrey, he earned those accolades. Like, a lot of teams have viewed the Cardinals as a get-right game, as Dave Pash referred to it on the uh, on the radio broadcast. And and you never want to go into it as a, as a team saying they're looking at us like this. They're 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 devaluing us. And I know this team in this facility. That everyone has talked about how the morale has not changed at all, and it's it's kind of tough to believe, but it, it's true. I mean, obviously, there's a natural component of losing. It, it's not nobody enjoys losing. But these guys have really rallied around it. And I think that, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, maybe I just feel this, but I feel like at any given week the Cardinals could turn it around and because they, they have that they have that morale, that mentality that they that they could do it. I mean, Kaiser said earlier in the week, what if we go on a 10-win 10, 10 win streak? Then what? 
And that's one of those, like, that's the mentality that they have. And it's it's quite impressive because when you're losing as many games as you have, it's not it's not fun. When it comes to this matchup against the Ravens, you, you shocked the world with the Cowboys, limited the 49ers and their abilities. You kept Debo Samuel and George Kittle out the game. Now it's a matter of how do you keep Zay Flowers, Mark Andrews, Lamar Jackson, how do you keep that offense stagnant? It is a Ravens team that is top 10 scoring offense, top 10 scoring defense. And I do think the other storyline this week, and it's been more of a secondary storyline behind Kyler Murray and obviously what the Ravens have done, and that is Hollywood Brown. Mm -hmm. Facing his former team for the first time, three seasons with the Ravens. He was acquired by the Cardinals in the midst of the 22 NFL draft. Has not been spoken a lot about this week. I know Darren Urban had a chance to speak with Hollywood about the matchup. And again, as a player, you kind of downplay it. Yet at the same time, one, it's not in Baltimore. So that is a little bit of a different feeling going back into that stadium and Mm -hmm. being a visitor. But there are still a number of familiar faces on that sideline that I'm sure Hollywood still has a relationship with. But it's natural. Anytime you face a former team, There's just a little bit extra, and I'll say this. It's not like Hollywood Brown can play any better than he has. He has been the number one wide receiver for this team since day one. I know the numbers don't look like it, but that's just because a lot of these passes just have been underthrown, overthrown. But Hollywood Brown has been open about 90% of the time this season. He's been winning his routes, and it's it's incredible because although the targets have not necessarily – in line with that, as you mentioned, it's he's done a really good job, and he's beat a lot of his defenders. And I think for him, that's where a lot of frustration could lie. But when it comes to this game against the Ravens, the former team, obviously you want to you want to show your teammates, your former teammates, that you're in a better spot. But Craig, can you imagine if this is the game that Kyler returns and Hollywood's able to go off against his former team, knowing that everyone Hollywood Brown was really liked in Baltimore. Now he came here. He's playing with his best friend, and you know if, if that's if they're able to turn it around, man, that'd be that'd be incredible. Hollywood leads the Cardinals in receptions, receiving yards, and receiving or touchdown receptions. Thirty-two catches, three hundred eighty-three yards, and three touchdowns. He's played very well. Those numbers, though, I think at least a couple of more touchdowns, certainly a lot more catches, and well over four hundred yards, maybe even close to five hundred yards if a lot of those deep balls had been connected between. Hollywood and Josh Dobbs I do think again I'm I'm not anticipating Kyler Murray play so this is a big game for Josh Dobbs it's been a struggle the past three weeks as far as the accuracy is concerned his passer rating over the last three games 61.3 that is 30th among qualified quarterbacks compared to the first four weeks of the season and Dobbs had a passer rating of 99.4. That was 10th mm-hmm. among qualified quarterbacks. So there has been a downward slide, and now it's a question, okay, there's enough tape on Dobbs and the Cardinals on offense. And, yes, you're missing James Conner once again this week. But what do you do? If you're Drew Petzing, what do you do to get this offense back, albeit against a very stout Ravens defense. I think you got to be able to throw the ball longer than 10 yards. I mean, the game against the Seahawks, it was um, the longest receptions. Marquise had 21 yards, Trey McBride 19, Michael Wilson 11. After that, no other receiver had a reception for longer than 10 yards. And I we, we spoke earlier in the week when the when the coordinator spoke, and I asked Drew Petzing, like, 
you know, you've been able, why, what's it been about the second half? What's it been about not being able to put up points? They've scored less than 20 points over the course of the last two games. And I, again, nine against the Rams, 10 against the Seahawks. And he said it's encouraging, but it's frustrating because you're driving down the field and you know, you're, you know your product works because it has worked in the first few weeks of the season. Now you got to be able to turn it in for points. And he's, he obviously, as a coach, they're going to shoulder the blame. They're going to say, we got to change the play call a little bit. We all got to be better. Dobbs is the quarterback, is going to be what a quarterback does and shoulder the blame. But JG said it's all, it's all, it's everybody on that offense. And in some cases, I, I disagree a little bit because Trey McBride, Hollywood Brown, they have been playing really well and they've been getting separation in their routes. Now it's a matter of turning it in for six points because these four-point swings, when you have to settle for a field goal when you're in the red zone, they ultimately come back to bite you. Cardinals over the last two weeks, 0 for 4 inside the red zone. They've been able to get between the 20s. It's those last 20 yards that have been really hard. And it's not going to be easy against this Ravens team, especially when you talk about trying to throw the ball deep because this is a Ravens team that gets after the quarterback. A league-best 29 sacks. In fact, they have five different players who have... In fact, well, they had five sacks last week mm-hmm. against Jared Goff, but they have a number of different players who have at least three sacks. And that's the other thing. Can you protect Josh Dobbs, especially when you're not quite sure about Elijah Wilkinson at left guard? Is he going to miss a second straight week? Is it going to be Tristan Colon again, maybe Dennis Daly for the first time this season as far as starting the game? And then that secondary for the Ravens, they get their hands on a lot of footballs. 41 passes defense. That is second most in the league. So you always hear Jonathan Gannon and Nick Rollis talk about rush, cover, cover, rush. Well, the Ravens have that, and there's no one better in the league at those two working together. Everyone used to talk about in the beginning half of the season how the Cardinals had so many different edge rushers that were able to get to the passer. To have five that have over three sacks for the Ravens and they, they don't seem like they're slowing down anytime soon, it's quite it's quite remarkable. And I know that that scheme has always been one of the better ones in the NFL on the defensive side of the ball, but the offensive line has taken a hit for the Cardinals. Obviously, Elijah Wilkinson has been out he, he was inactive against the Seahawks, has been out all week so far in practices up until Friday. We'll see what Friday leads to. Um, and obviously last week, Kelvin Beecham had to step in for DJ Humphreys on that on the left side of the line once DJ was ejected. This, though, with a pass rush like the Ravens have, they got to be on their P's and Q's as they're ready to go because they, they have no issues bringing the blitz. And that Dobbs last week was sacked four times. They... If, if the Ravens continue on the momentum that they have on the offensive and defensive side of the ball, um, Josh Dobbs could potentially have a long game back there. And as an offensive line, you don't want to let that happen. Just the eighth regular season meeting between the Cardinals and Ravens. Again, it comes up on Sunday at 125. 8.30 pregame coverage begins on the Arizona Cardinals radio network. Interested in going to the game? Go to azcardinals.com forward slash buy tickets. That's azcardinals.com forward slash buy tickets. Are we good, Zach? Why wouldn't we be? Because you just decided to break my heart. <laughs> you decided to shock me. I'm just waiting for like the camera crew to walk out. Like, ah, you got punked. No, we wouldn't go that far. They haven't come out yet. Okay. I'll, I'll wait till the For next. my end, we're good and I'm done. So I just. You, you got it all out of your system? I got it out of my system. The week is, it's a Friday. The, the game was Tuesday. So I, I'm finished. But I understand if you're not quite. 
I'm quite I'll, dumb. I'll ha- I might have something in store. We'll see. <laughs> I don't know what I'll have in store, but I have to think of something to create. Was, what did they say at Arizona State? Innovation that excites? Yes, there you go. So I'm, I'm going to have to be innovative. Okay. You're a good sport. Stop it. I appreciate it. Thank you. On that note, we will put a lid on this edition of Cardinals Cover 2 presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. As always, special thanks to our executive producer, Jim Amahundro, our associate producer, Cody Fincher. For Zach Gershman, I'm Craig Riolu. We'll talk to you next time here on Cardinals Cover 2.